the Central Weekly, a weekly podcast from the Central Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got episode 91 with Mr. John and Jared. <laughs> Mr. John. <laughs> John. Mr. John and Mr. Jared. <laughs> That's all we're gonna. That's how we'd like you to refer to us from now on. This is going to be a great episode, John Hinninger, because not only are uh-huh. we going to talk about Between the Pines, week number dose, talking about little known Anna, 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 devoted Anna, devoted Anna. We're also bringing in another female. We're not. I mean, Anna's not in the room. No, <laughs> she's not here. Here's she, what we're gonna. She has passed. Are you ready for this guest, John? I, I mean, would you know, love to you know. You know who I'm gonna say, Susan. Dow Rimple. Wow. Did you like that? Uh, I felt like the emphasis was on the wrong syllable. I said it correctly. That's why. Dow Rimple? Dow Rimple. Like Rimple Stillskin. She's going to talk about this later in there. I, like, I, I, pronunciation aside, I feel like the emphasis, like it's Dow Rimple. Well, if she's told me Dow Rimple. Well, I'm going to say it like that from now on <laughs> so I say it correctly. But I'm excited about this conversation oh because Susan is one of she's our favorite awesome. people. Yeah. And she's making a difference in the lives of people, her and her both her husband, through their life coaching, their counseling. And uh, we're going to talk mental health, mm. um, which is kind of a crazy thing. And here's one crazy thing. I wish we could have talked for another hour. Yeah. Uh, this is a shorter conversation than I really wanted it to be, uh, but it helps us stay, you know, stay on topic. Uh, but she shares a little bit about her history in Southern California, yeah. how she grew up, uh, and now her and, and Les really a lot of times, too, working with couples. And I think that's going to be a big thing. We were talking about this, the divorce rate going off on a, on a downer right at the top <laughs> of the thing. Welcome to the show, everyone. The divorce rate among Christians is higher than the divorce rate among non-Christians right now. Really? Didn't you tell me that? I did not tell you You did not tell me that? Somebody told me that. And after the conversation that we had with Susan, I'm now not surprised. Really? It's, it makes more sense because I'll let that conversation wait for that. Mm-hmm. Speed ahead if you want to li- listen to that. It's a great yeah. conversation. But before we get to Susan Dalrymple, <laughs> we are going to talk about Anna. Now, that's a name you could say easily. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. When uh, this came out, when we were talking in March, whatever, I don't mm-hmm. know if it was that far ago. Right. Whenever you said, here's the people we're going to be looking at for mm-hmm. Between the Pines, right. m- meaning Between the Lines. Right. Um, Anna, I really had to think, oh, who's Anna? Right. Because I forgot. Right. I forgot that she is the little known. But what a story this is. This is one of the best sermons of the year, John Henninger. Really? Yep, it is. Wow. Because there's just a lot of punch and a lot of huh. uh, a lot of sincerity and a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. It's just, it's really sin- a very sincere message, hmm. I think. And I think a lot of people will reach out. Because again, we have soft hearts this time of year, mm-hmm. and those soft hearts gets, you know, soupy over some sad things that Christmas things brings. Right. And two, it's a, it's a rough year for some people that yeah. have lost yeah. people during this time of year. It just brings up a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. So I think that being said, the emotions of Christmas, this is a great lesson. And I think a lot of people, especially your two big points, man, they're so good. I so. appreciate that encouragement, Jared. And it's, it's one of those, um, I mean, even people here on our staff, you know, like you just said, mm-hmm. you talk about Anna. Ooh. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, Anna. Uh, you know, uh, like the but, coworker that you thought you knew, but you're like, wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, but in fairness, mm-hmm. there's three verses about her in mm-hmm. the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so it's not like, uh, I mean, it's not like you really missed a, a huge portion of scripture yeah. by by not being familiar with her story. So yeah. Yeah. Hey, before that, you want to give a Carbondale update? Carbondale update. You want to talk Carbondale? (laughs) This just in. So here's the thing. This is not going to be the last episode of the Central Weekly, but we might not have one next week. Mm. And we might not have one until the finale of the Central Weekend. 
Central so, Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> the Central Weekend. And here's the, and, uh, and it's because of Carbondale. Because uh-huh. I we as you know as you know uh, maybe not the audience we bought a house in Carbondale. Yeah. We might um, close on that house either next week or the week after. Okay. So I just don't know if I'll have the capacity to do the weekly anymore. Mm. Plus, I'm super excited, and we're not going to hit too much at it. But I'm super excited about what the potential of a podcast, not the Central Weekly, because we're going to close that chapter. Yeah. But of what the Central family brings into a podcast in the future. Yeah. I think there's still some there things. There's a lot of talk between you, me, Eric, and and some uh-huh. other people. But I'm just excited. Because so I I want to I want to close this off if something new happens that's yeah. awesome I'm excited about that uh, but yeah I think what we're we might wait until January to do a final episode but uh-huh. I don't know so you might not hear from the weekly for a couple weeks we'll see though or you might you might I really don't know stay tuned <laughs> um, but here um, but yeah with Carbondale, so yeah Carbondale update so tell us where we're at kind of building wise I mean probably the biggest deal right I mean is that you guys have a house and yeah. you are officially uh-huh. moving yep. uh, south. And then also your in-laws. Yeah, they just... So whenever we said that we were going, it, that was a big like gut check. We're like, our our biggest support system yeah, 100%. is Maria's parents, Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. they help with homeschool. They help with just the kids. Because a lot of times with family of five, especially with three little ones that are mm-hmm. pretty much triplets, divide and conquer is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> Because right, like, sure. hey, I can take them for a ride. I can take them to the park, especially when you're trying to homeschool and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So we went on the faith ledge of saying, hey, we're still going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that'd be awesome if they came with us. Oh, I don't know how that... I mean, they, they live in Salem. There's they, Their whole he's life. He's an elder. Yeah. yeah. Um, but his farm came on sale that he has in Carter just like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wow, maybe they're thinking. And then they told us, yeah, if you're moving, we're going with you. Which is just... It's just uh, amazing. It's, it's so... Yeah. Uh, it's how family should be, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's just so cool um, just to see them make that move mm-hmm. with you, that that yeah. vote of support for your ministry um, there. I mean, Haven and I go to the zoo <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and um, I love the polar bears and the grizzly bears, but my mm-hmm. favorite is the dole bear. That's right. <laughs> Ed and Christy Dole Bear. That's good. That's that's good. But yeah, thank you, man. But they brought four acres over there, kind of in the. <laughs> and I'm gonna switch that uh-huh. over there on the east side of Carbondale. So we're gonna be on the east side, and then the church is gonna be on the west side. So it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Very cool. Yeah. So um, all that. And so building. Otherwise, I mean, yes. like building stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It has been gutted and scraped, and uh, studs are. Um, yeah, go- you were there yesterday. I was there yesterday. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so. Uh, the outer studs are up and they're getting ready to, they should be doing some plumbing stuff today, running mm-hmm. some plumbing lines. Um, and then some stud walls will probably start going up maybe mm-hmm. next week, yeah. uh, on the inside. And, um, yeah, there's block going up on the outside. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. construction stuff and I mean, I, I talked to the guys yesterday and we are on target for our March open. So that's, praise God. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's been neat to watch the creative arts staff, especially Fran and, and Steve and Aaron and Eric, just kind of get all the things purchased that we need. Yeah. And just the, gosh, the eye for detail those guys have. Yeah. They're the right guys on this staff for mm-hmm. this reason. They, for sure. They'll, they'll, it's going to be great. And I'm just excited to get down there and really start that relationship building because it's almost like I've ha- we've started this, these you know core people, but it's like they've almost just been at, a, at, at arm's length. But mm-hmm. now we can, you know, have coffee and and just really build that up and looking into what we, we talked about too having some groups there that are going to meet maybe meet in the area come january yeah and, uh, just it's just more exciting and our kids are so excited about are it they? too 
Um, they're just ready to go. I mean, not only are we living with those in-laws, there's nine of us in a, in a, in a house. That's going to be nice to have all of our Lacrone stuff all in one place. Yeah. Um, so I, Maria's excited about that too. Yeah, so. I'm sure she is. But yeah, that's so there's just her. very, very exciting, Jared. Yeah. Yeah, we're super excited too, and I think Christmas we're gonna have a little bit of an element, kind of give the the whole thing. Yeah, I'm excited because update. actually next week we're gonna shoot some video stuff down yeah. there mm-hmm. and uh, on location and get some stuff ready for mm-hmm. Christmas at Central, yeah. um, in which we'll talk a lot about Carbondale and what God is doing there um, and what we're praying that God yeah. continues to to do there and. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna be down there, and then like you're gonna you and Maria are doing mm-hmm. communion at yep. Christmas at Central, and mm-hmm. so uh, Central. kind of put a face to the place for mm-hmm. some folks. And yeah. uh, we talked about putting our face on the place, hmm. but then we thought, no, yeah, probably not good. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but here here's what's really cool. This has been like a transition week for me because Ashton Boyer, the yeah. one and only, uh-huh. she's taken over a lot of stuff with communication. Right. So you might hear her on the Central Podcast, the yeah. one where we take your sermon, we put it in podcast form, we put that on our website mm-hmm. and on podcast providers. Um, she's going to be doing that. She's going to do a lot of the... On- she's going to be responsible now for our online and our TV congregation. So yeah. she's she's going to be great. I've even just seen her working with social media. And there's just... She's, she's attention to detail. She's creative, but yet she has such a great heart for mm-hmm. that. And to see her, what she's did with the hearts of a lot of kids in Kid Depot now to bring that into a larger scale, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and she has a good eye. She's she creative. does. Yeah. She does. And today was the last bus day. Wow. Final bus day. That is... If it's, I'm great, grateful to be done. Reason for celebration, but man. I, I, it was fun. We, I had some, of the, some of the girls got me a, a cards, mm-hmm. and that was super special. One of the guys who's a Cardinal fan that we tease each other about, mm-hmm. he got me a Cubs glass tumbler. No way. And, I mean, I did not expect it. And here's what's cool: those guys even said, "We're gonna have to start coming to church, Jared, so we can see you more." Wow. Like, well, they call me Mr. C, which is weird because that you could tell they're not really listening when I said my name at the beginning of the year yeah. last year when yeah. I started. I said, Mister. Lacrone, and they just heard the C, and then it just took off. And I don't want to correct them, no. especially the new kids that come in. While there's half of them in this new year that was saying Mr. C, I don't want to. Yeah, so I just let it be. I embrace the Mr. C. I there's a real good chance I'm going to get you a T-shirt that says <laughs> Mr. C on it. That's good, and then have a school bus. Uh-huh. I told the one girl that says she wants to do tattoos. If she if that she could do it, I'll do a bus tattoo when she gets thing. Probably not gonna know her, but we'll see. When she gets what? When she gets her license for tattooing, because uh-huh. she wants to do that. I said, well, I'll be one of your first customers. You can put a bus on my shoulder. Do you have any shoulder tattoos, John? I do have a shoulder <laughs> tattoo. Thanks for bringing that up, Jared. You're welcome. Mister C brought that up. I'm gonna try and find this girl and personally help her yeah. get her tattoo license, <laughs> well, just to ensure you have a bus tattoo. <laughs> Let's talk about. Between the Pines. Again, right, back to this go. super important lesson. Yep. Ten minutes later, okay. we're back. Number one, your first point. Before we actually get to number one, you I liked your little Anna story that you had. Anna, Anna story. Yeah. Yes. Did you know any Annas growing up, John? Uh, well, uh, my friend had a sister named Anna. Of course, there's Let It Go, uh, Elsa exactly. and Anna. That's um, a guy kind of rang through. When you were doing... Telling that story, I was thinking of a little Jewish girl that kind of looked like Anna, yeah. just running through the streets of Jerusalem. Yeah, you're a creative guy, John. Thanks, Jared. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. I'm on the. I'm on the encouragement train. Today. You're welcome. <laughs> Take it. Um, yeah. So I mean, the, the obviously took some creative liberties just on her childhood and all that mm-hmm. because literally we have three verses to mm-hmm. go off of. But I think that if you can kind of 
take some pieces from the culture of the yeah. day. And I mean, there's a lot of safe assumptions that you can yeah, make about Anna's saying. life. Right. Yeah. Um, and so kind of paint her life uh, through that lens just a little bit. And then uh, what we do know is that mm-hmm. stuff started to come together for her. And then her husband died seven years in. Um, and then her, her husband died. And rather than uh, buy a ticket to the bitter train, she yeah. ends up in the temple um, and, serves God in the temple in a full-time capacity, finds her identity in inside of God yeah. things um, for the rest of her life. Yeah. I mean, and we're talking, this is like what first century stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. When you lose a husband in your first century and you don't remarry, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's your life support. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, no social security, uh, uh, like- not this getting, is need 401k checks. I mean, her entire life uh-huh. is wrapped up in this man who just died. Yeah. Her, uh, I mean, her hopes for children in the future, mm-hmm. her, um, her, her name, her livelihood, mm-hmm. all, uh, her complete identity is wrapped up in the man mm-hmm. who just died. And like I said in the sermon, there was real potential for a turning point in a negative direction yeah. at that point in her yeah. life. Speaking of points like that, mm. your first point, Anna. 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 Gosh, <laughs> Anna turned to God and continued to turn. And I think almost more important than that point was just how you said it, she didn't get on the bitter train. She made her from a struggle. Her identity changed for the godly and not for herself and her and her and her um, self. Right. Actually, the lead into that point mm-hmm. was um, this. You know, she in in her, in her heartbreak, in her moment of tragedy, mm-hmm. she turned to God. Yeah, and. So, I mean, I talk to so many people who go through so many difficult times and people rarely stay the same through a really tough time. Um, When you're talking about a faith testing, um, just a really trying season in life, people rarely stay the same spiritually. And we either walk toward our faith or away from our faith. And there is this human pool for us to run from God in the midst of our heartache. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, there's scriptures like that scripture from James mm-hmm. um, that says, you know, draw near to God and he'll draw near to yeah. you. And then there's that one from Psalms that says, um, you know, he's close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And so um, there, I mean, there's a lot of scripture to support God's nearness in those times, yeah. but in our humanness, um, we need to make the decision to turn to God yeah. and not away as yeah. hard as that is. Yeah, you're so right, because the valley will change us. And it's That's like good. you said when we were talking, it, God doesn't go anywhere. He's there in with the valley. You just need to turn to him. Mm-hmm. I think, what we were talking about that? Like, he doesn't like you have to chase after him. He's right there. Right. I mean, that. The, I think, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which is really all it is, the, <laughs> the, the scripture from James that we talked yeah. about, and I talked about in the sermon, but, you know, I mean, like, God's drawn near to God, and he'll draw near to you. I think that you know, kind of sometimes we get this impression like, well, I've got to take a step towards exactly. God for him yeah. to take a step towards me. But the reality is, is he couldn't love you anymore. He couldn't be any closer to you than he is. I mean, he couldn't do anything on his end to be closer to you than he's already done. And so the action is on our side yeah. in making that turn toward him. And in that turn, we find this different kind of understanding mm-hmm. of his actual nearness through yeah. the whole thing. Gosh, I love that I have 
a guest that is really going to play right into this. I mean, mm. she's what mm. she talks about our mental health and how we fall in so prey to so many things. It's it's just it's just neat to hear that. So I'm excited again for people to hear the conversation with Susan. But I love a, a little sub point for that was our struggles usually blind us to the opportunity. She yeah. said something like that. Yeah. And I love that you stopped in the middle of a lesson and prayed for people. Well, I mean, it's just such a thing, man. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no reason, real reason to move yeah. past it. You know, I mean, that's a opportunity for us mm-hmm. to pause and pray for those people specifically who are walking that road yeah. right now. Because it's yeah, because I think it's it's just so important that you did that because it's like you probably brought up a lot of feelings mm. with that first point in a lot of people. Mm. So rather than not to gloss over it and move on, right. I'm not saying that you would have done that, right, but right. I'm just saying to let people process a little far longer mm. with the Holy Spirit, with godly prayer, mm. and talking to Him about that before, and then they're able to kind of breathe in that process that and then move to the next point because it's again it's so good your point yeah. your second point on it <laughs> Anna's belief and devotion was not contingent on her blessing mm-hmm. how often do we we don't say it but we think it uh-huh. and, we, and we perform it and the blessing has to come then I will do what I need I to will do. go further and mm-hmm. say like I'm not knocking anybody down or say anything bad about anybody else right mm-hmm. because I, I think there's a lot of good that comes from a lot of ministries but you will find entire movements of Christianity who yeah. will basically pitch that concept mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I mean like you give to receive you yeah. and there is there's a time and a place for that mm-hmm. you know i mean god says in malachi yeah. you know to test me in this there's a there's mm-hmm. a there's a place for all of that but what i love what i think is the really applicable and relatable part of anna's story is that her life of devotion wasn't in pursuit of the blessing that's yeah. not what it was yeah. it was a life of devotion based on just that serving God yeah. living a living her entire life uh to to serve him. Yeah, and back to the beginning, I think that's why it's so important to set the story of what her childhood could have been like to look at now 84 years old and how many years uh, that she's been without a husband. 63 years, yeah. yeah. And now she's still she stayed in that that lifestyle of service. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just so important. Then almost on the flip side, just like, okay, when I'm successful, that means must because I did things the right way. Mm-hmm. I would just, we just got done reading through Job, and I think that a lot of his friends, air quotes, <laughs> that came around him just like, oh, you must have done something wrong, Job, yeah. because, yeah. oh, there's a hidden sin there. And I think that, and again, we take, there's truth in some of that, right. like you said, but then we make that truth our theology. Yeah. And it's just, that's when it's just dangerous. And I'm glad to see, you. again, that Anna has not let that happen. I think, I don't know if you changed it, because Thursday we were talking about this. Hayden made a point in our little talk after your lesson on Thursday. That was, hit, again, hit me in the face. She only yeah. had three verses. Right. I said, I added yeah, what, I was H- what Hayden had said. Uh-huh. Uh, I added it kind of at the beginning when I was describing mm-hmm. Anna. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you would have liked her. She's the kind of mm-hmm. person who, you know, had the kind of attitude like, oh, man, I only got three verses in the Bible. No, no, no. Yeah. Anna was the kind of person like... I can't believe God would yeah. allow me three verses yeah. in the yeah. Bible. Yeah. Um, I think that's so good. I do too. And I think that just shows her devotion. And I think this is a lesson, again, that people, especially when they feel like they're not receiving their blessing, mm-hmm. to still dig in, find God, because He's right there, and just 
really f- look at how okay, what's God showing me in this? Yeah, um, and I mean, I th- and just your even your points because there was like those points that you were making about people that you've seen that mm-hmm. have done this right. this devoted life. Gosh, it's almost. I wonder if sometimes the same people were coming to our heads. Oh, for time. sure. Uh, yeah. And gosh, it was so good. And, and I mean, go ahead. Yeah, and it was like crazy. So Thursdays and Fridays, you have a sermon run through. Right. Okay. And I'm going to paint the picture here because I'm good at it. Uh, <laughs> so while you were doing this, right. Sheila Tackett. Right. If you know Sheila, you know Sheila. Mm. Sheila Tackett's in there in the worship center, and her ex husband's in there with her, helping yeah. her. Right. And she, because of her devotion to her task of getting the pews ready with the pins, with the envelopes, and her mm-hmm. devotion to that. She just got out of the hospital. She had a major surgery three weeks ago, mm-hmm. got, had some complications, had an infection last week, but she's here doing that because she yeah. feels called to it. She's not going to get on the pity train, but yet she's here doing that work. And gosh, that, and that's going on during your lesson. Right. So it's like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I almost said it, you know, yeah. like just because, and then, yeah. yeah. And another like side point that again, a lot of people are like, I don't know what they're talking about. I sent you a video this morning of a man in a wheelchair that was singing and leading worship to, uh, what was the song? Um, uh, faith uh, foundation, yeah, from foundation, maybe? from foundation, yeah. and again, a guy in a wheelchair that's not doesn't have use of his legs, yeah, and yet he's there, devoted to this, worshiping God in mm-hmm. front, leading other people, yeah, leading and he's worship. not on the pity train saying, "Oh, I can't do that because right. I'm limited," but using what using not seeing yourself through what I do have. Mm-hmm. He has an amazing voice, and he could still worship yeah. God rather than looking at what you don't have, yep. and that's so often in our life. We look at what we don't have, or we value people on what they don't have, mm-hmm. and we negative give them a negative before looking at what they do have and seeing them through God's eyes. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we, we, yeah. So, yeah. That's good, John. That's it. That's so all now I got. It's time for your interview. Interview with Susan, Susan Dalrymple. <laughs> I, I did do speech class. Oh. I, won't give, I won't give you the names of those teachers because I don't know if they did a great job. <laughs> Ella, Effingham Elementary Education right mm. there. I mean, that's all I had. I went up and did high school and college. <laughs> it didn't sound like that was all I had. So let's throw it over to Susan. And uh, gosh, this is a good story. I can't and, wait. And we're going to have maybe her on, not this podcast, because we're limited on our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, hopefully we have her on in a sphere of where she can be more of an influence, because her voice right now in this is so good. So I'm excited for that. But we'll be back right back after this conversation with Susan. And we're back with the Central Weekly, episode 91, and we have a very special guest in the podcast studio here in Mount Vernon, ladies and gentlemen, Susan Dalrymple. No, Dalrymple. I'm going to say it right one of these days. Well, here we go, Susan, (laughs) and that's the one and only time I will attempt your last name. That's all right. Right now, we are super excited because we've, I I know you, but I don't know you. Right. So right. it's going to be great for the audience, um, our center, our podcast audience, to really get to know you because I bet they've heard of you. I bet they maybe know a friend that knows oh, a friend. No. But uh, you're still relatively new to the Central family. Um, so I'm anxious to hear and get your story because really the the reason we have the Central Weekly is to tell stories about how God is working in, around, and through the Central family. And here's the big reason why I wanted to bring you in. We're going to talk a big thing about mental health. Counseling and life coaching is your repertoire right now, and I know of a lot of people that are really impacted by your wisdom, how the Holy Spirit's been working in your life. So I'm going to really put you on this pedestal right now, and then we're going to work your way up. because I will fall (laughs) off fast. (laughs) So Susan Dalrymple, 
Rimple. Rimple. Oh, I got that in there that time. <laughs> Dal Rimple. I'm excited. So uh, let's talk about you, and then we'll kind of get into the mental health, uh, what our society's looking at today, okay. what you feel the Lord's telling you, what we need to know as the podcast audience. Ooh, okay. Okay. okay fun. So Sal, Susan, tell us a little bit about you, uh, maybe how you grew up, your faith. Uh, just kind of tell us a little bit about okay. that. Now. And okay. of course, Mr. Les. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I grew up in Southern California and did not grow up in a, in a Christian home. Um, but early on, the Lord started kind of pursuing me and through friends, families, they'd invite me to church and, mm. um, I would just weep. Mm. <laughs> I remember crying even as a as a young like 8 years old and I mm. remember meeting one of the pastors and um him saying him saying something to me like um you're just full of love and I mm. remember thinking nobody ever said that to me before mm. or saw that in me before. Mm-hmm. And um so I just church when I went with friends and and their mm-hmm. families was this safe happy place and yeah. I knew I wanted more of it. Yeah. And then um, had kind of a um, uh, a little bit of a rocky upbringing. Okay, not a little, but it was a rocky upbringing. Yeah. And um, as a teenager in Southern California, um, it was these were wild times in mm-hmm. the '80s. Mm-hmm. So I was involved in some crazy stuff, and yeah. the Lord knew that probably that I might be heading down a wrong path, and He yeah. just He just stepped right in front of me and said, I have a different plan for you. And I went to, um, Calvary, uh, church in Costa Mesa and Chuck Smith was the pastor Uh there. Uh And, um, I got involved in a a small group there and I, um, accepted the Lord and I was on fire. And Uh I mean, on fire to the point that my family was like, I don't want to hear about God Mm. anymore. And I decided somebody with wisdom said, just stop talking about it and just start living it. Mm. And eventually my entire family was saved. Um, so growing up, that was really something, church wasn't something. It made yeah. it something you went to, you got that, that uh, you know, full of love, which is so mm-hmm. cool to have that as a young, and still remember that. Mm-hmm. But then it came time to, when you're growing up, you're... Maybe you went through those options, those those you know crazy phases, but then you have a family that probably didn't want to listen to that because they knew that old Susan. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it was. And so, um, anyway, I I ended up um, that I never lost that fire, and mm-hmm. I never had a period where I didn't mm-hmm. um, want all of Jesus all mm-hmm. the time. But of course, you grow and and you learn more, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, so sadly, my first marriage ended in divorce, which mm-hmm. was not a happy thing at all. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, oh, God just blessed me like crazy mm-hmm. by letting me meet meet Mr. Wonderful, <laughs> Les Dalrymple. He is the best man I have ever known. Mm-hmm. And we moved to Mount Vernon mm-hmm. um, about six years ago now. Yeah, and yeah. Um, went, went before we came here. We were in Connecticut, and he said when he got transferred yeah. with his job he yeah. said oh we can go back to the church that i went to yeah. um and i thought oh well i don't he lived here before with yeah. his first wife and yeah. raised his kids here and mm. that was a little bit awkward I bet. but at the same time i was like you know what i watched the service online and i thought yeah mm. i i let's go yeah. there and i've just loved it ever since yeah. and felt felt that this was home 
Yeah, it's neat because I was telling Les the other day because we had a chance to talk, and I remember when he I first laid eyes on Les. That sounds weird, uh, but we were eating with uh, with the Hittingers at Agave, which we used to do all the time. And then it's he was eating by himself because he was in town. I think maybe the, getting the job, the job was coming, maybe. and of course him and uh, him and Sarah have a job history together. And so she just went on and on about, oh, my gosh, if he's coming back, this is amazing. And I was Aww. like, I got to know about this. And then you came after that. And it was just, it's just, I when you know that there's a light in somebody, when mm. everybody else f- tells you about that light in that person. And even before I met you, it was neat to hear stories about how you've impacted people's lives. Just so Aww. being a light in their life. And I know that you and Les have been that and you will continue to be that. Um, so your central story was really, you heard it, you watched it because you were coming into town. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And how, and that's six years ago. It was over six years ago that we uh-huh. watched it online. And I remember uh-huh. um, John was the, the worship leader. And I thought, I'll be honest, he was so incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought, is God going to really be there? Because this... Yeah. The, to have that kind of talent in a, in a church, sometimes it's all about that. And it is not all about that here. There are a lot of talented people, but the worship is true worship. And Uh so I have just, yeah, Yeah. God's just done nothing but pour into me since I've been here. So let's talk today in Mount Vernon. Um, I know before we get into kind of what your uh, professional job is now, um, one of the big things that you've have helped out with uh, James McKenzie is a class that you guys have done with it basically in our group setting called oh the the last one yes oh um relationships Re- matter yes. yeah yeah or, it, wait is it called that? <laughs> i'm trying to think yeah, now no, it went well, blank all because we yeah we put our own spin on it but yeah. it's just been neat because again i bring that up just because it's been neat to you're officially in that realm the last couple of years i would say maybe two years now leading groups here at Central. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, maybe even longer than that. Yeah. We've done several now, and um, yeah, lots of really good so ones. So tell us about your group experience at Central. Oh, okay. Well, honestly, we were here for a little while, and we weren't We weren't making connections. We weren't... Mm-hmm. We knew people's faces, but we weren't... We, we hadn't made relationships, deep yeah. relationships. Yeah. And so... Um, I said, we have got to get, we, we mm-hmm. know this from past experiences mm-hmm. in different places. You have to be in a small mm-hmm. group if you want to get to know people. And our very first group was rooted. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. still friends with all of mm-hmm. the, the people in that group. Mm-hmm. And we, we just grew to love people. And then, yeah. and then we were asked to facilitate, um, se- several groups. And of course those facilitating a lot of times people shy away from that because mm-hmm. they think they have to know everything yeah. and you literally don't. We're, yeah. we're learning along with everyone yeah. and we just kind of do the organizing of, mm-hmm. of that's a good way to put text it. messages exactly. and, and stuff. But, um, that's where you, that's where you become family mm-hmm. with people, yeah. you know, and you, I'm, in fact, I'm having a potluck with our, yeah. our small group that ended yeah. a few, a few weeks ago because that's, we need to know that, when we go to church, we see people that know mm-hmm. us and care about us yeah. and that we matter to someone, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's how you, that's how you get, get connected. Yeah. And it's neat because groups uh, levels a playing field and opens up an avenue of vulnerability for people. Mm, that's for sure. Um, yeah. And it's neat because then it's like, once that's opened up, then whatever, the, whatever study that is gets added upon that foundation of vulnerability mm-hmm. and openness mm-hmm. 
And one, it's almost like once that opens up, it's amazing what God can do in those group settings, the friendships that can happen, the life change that could happen. And that was one of the things about when we did our baptisms a couple about a month ago, oh. seeing that life change, seeing that, you know, those people that were getting in the water helping with those baptisms, because, yeah, that life change happens when people are around other people, learning lessons together, and all around what the Lord is doing through His Word and through His Holy Spirit. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk today. Okay. You, I think this, yeah, because I don't know the, the past with you. I just know currently you are a life coach. And so tell us about that. I know that you you are a counselor, but you just don't get to charge like a counselor. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that and how that got started. Well, it is a little bit different in in that um, you're really trying to help people move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you do, of course, do some looking at family of origin and things mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. that that matters. That's how we become um, who we are a lot of times it has such a big impact on who we are and how we do relationships and how we view yeah. the world so but um yeah i i um <laughs> talk about a god thing um i have always done counseling in different event in different settings mm-hmm. i was a principal at a christian school for years and mm-hmm. then i was a counselor or i was a counselor before that and i've always done it maybe not with the title of counselor uh-huh. god God will use your gifting no matter what you're doing. If you're selling insurance, you might still be counseling. Mm-hmm. You might be, it doesn't, if you are open to him leading and using what he's put in you, he's going to do what he's going to do wherever you are. And yeah. so I thought private practice, that ship had sailed for me. Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then um, I'm friends with um, uh Lindsay Greenwald, mm-hmm. who uh, is co-owner of, of mm-hmm. Cornerstone. And one day I went in to pray with her and see how I could pray for her. And she said, oh, we wish we had a receptionist. We really need a recep- mm-hmm. receptionist. We can't afford one. And I wasn't working at the time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, let me come in and volunteer and answer mm-hmm. phones. Mm-hmm. Well, that when I heard the hurting people calling and trying to get in, and we had a wait list Mm-hmm. At that time, even of over a hundred mm-hmm. people, I Gosh. I thought, oh my goodness, Lord! So I just was constantly praying. They happened to have an open office, and she asked me to start working in there. And I mm-hmm. said, well, I don't really want to pursue licensure here in Illinois. That's mm-hmm. a lot of rigmarole that I don't want to <laughs> do. And she said, no, you can do life coaching. I'm like, what is that? Is that actually a thing? Mm-hmm. And looked into it and did the certification mm-hmm. and um. And have not looked back since, and it's mm. just been phenomenal. Just there's there are a lot of really hurting people mm-hmm. all over the world. You know, yeah. my husband and I went to a conference in Nashville recently, um, the American Association of Christian Counselors mm. conference. There were seven thousand mental health professionals, from psychiatrists all the way to pastors mm. to everything in between, and and all the speakers that were there said we need to be prepared there's a mental health tsunami coming mm-hmm. and not enough providers mm-hmm. people are not going into this field like it, it isn't yeah. the most high paying thing in the yeah. world for people anymore yeah. and so um so that just got me thinking like I want to do this the rest of my life yeah. you know because there yeah. is such a need I you yeah. there there's no lack for, for yeah. unfortunately for hurting people but giving them Christian exactly. um, counsel and, mm-hmm. and, and basing your, basing the ad, advice or the mm-hmm. um, coaching that you're doing 
on the principles that God's put in the Bible yeah. for us. That's the quickest way to mental health, yeah. like good mental health. Exactly. Yeah. He laid it out in his word, but we don't always just know where to look when we mm-hmm. sit down and read God's word. We mm-hmm. don't know how, how to um, navigate certain things sometimes, mm-hmm. and you need um, someone else to help you sometimes. Yeah. It's, yeah. We all have blind spots, including me, and I have people that I talk to, and, you know, one of, I heard somebody say one time that counseling or coaching is a tool and just like a hammer is a tool mm-hmm. and you could, you could build a house without a hammer. You could find a rock or a log to drive in nails. But when there's a tool that's designed for that, why not pick up the tool? Why not use the tool? And, um, that's a lot of times people don't want to go to counseling or go to, go to coaching because they, they they feel like that's embarrassing or they're weak mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they can just figure it out themselves. Yeah. And it, it, it's a shorter route to getting where you need to go. Yeah. And they might. But yeah. Gosh, yeah. The, the life change. I've seen counseling. I've had a couple counselors in my life. And it's amazing because I had my first counselor wasn't he, they, he was a Christian, but he wasn't a Christian counselor. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's so, but like to see the difference in my own, and I'll just speak for myself, to see the difference in my own spiritual growth between a non-Christian counselor and a Christian counselor, there's just, it's like, it's important to talk to somebody and to get those skills, but yet when you bring a spirit-filled counselor mm-hmm. into a room with you, there's, that's powerful. Um, and I just, and I can't speak that enough, and it's just like, and that's my encouragement to people that are listening you are not, it's like, some people think they're too messed up, no. and like, it's like, no, or they're not messed up enough. That sounds yeah. weird to say no, that. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. And it's like, no, I think because we have such a deficiency in quality relationships now, that's why, and that's one of the many reasons why counseling and mental health is such a, a big thing right now. And it's like, and, and COVID almost woke us up to that. That's exactly right. It's been there for a while, right. the way our society's been going. Um, but it's just like COVID woke us up. And then now we're almost getting back into normal, but normal's not what normal was. And mm-hmm. we know it's like, now we're almost aware that that tsunami's coming. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, but again, we need, and that's on the, another thing, we need more Christian people, Christian counselors for right. to do that. Right, yeah, yeah. I Yes, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So what else do you got? Now that you, because this is what we open, we left this a little open ended. Mm-hmm. That ends the Jared Lacrone talking points. What do you feel, <laughs> Susan Dalrymple? Uh, I, I tried. Rimple. I tried. <laughs> Tell us what about what do you think we need to know as the, as the podcast audience? We talked about this because oh. I I know I wanted to bring you in a couple weeks ago. It just didn't work out for the schedules when John was talking about mental health. But gosh, when he talked about those ruts and making mm. those new ruts, that just that's something that we need to understand. That we I, do that on default, and I it's sat the whole, there yeah. going, preach, brother, preach, yeah. because they're called neuropathways, mm-hmm. and they found that our brain is neuroplastic it has this neuroplasticity so we can form those ruts Mm -hmm. and they like just like a truck driving down a road it's going to form those so when we have say we have um issues say we grew up in a in a family where there was alcoholism or there was addiction or abuse or whatever those have formed some pretty deep ruts yeah and we but the good news is that new ruts new Mm -hmm. neural pathways can Mm -hmm. be formed but um, you need somebody to help you f- yeah. walk through that. But what 
so I say this all the time. So what psychologists and what what psychology would they have all they have all those mm-hmm. those fan, big mm-hmm. fancy words cognitive behavioral therapy CBT yeah. therapy. Yep. That's actually it's taking every thought captive. Yeah. It is literally reframing mm-hmm. as another big like mm-hmm. terminology. There's yeah. mindset reframe all these mm-hmm. words that that we are hearing in our culture right now. But God came up with them first mm-hmm. in that, you know, um, we, we, our brains go on default thinking a lot of really toxic thoughts, mm-hmm. negative thoughts, things about ourselves that l- literally make changes physiologically yeah. in our body. Yep. So that's why we have more depression. We have more anxiety, anxiety. Everyone has anxiety and it's not, it's not, um, um, and they're not making it up or overreacting their bodies and brains are not doing what they're Mm -hmm. supposed to do because Mm -hmm. we have such a fast paced culture. Everything is so busy. So, and we rush, rush, rush. We don't have just, and this has been preached from the pulpit. We don't have these margins. Yeah that we need to sit at the feet of the mm-hmm. savior so that he can refill us and refuel us and refresh us. And so we end up getting ourselves in these places where like we can't think straight or we can't sleep. And once you can't sleep, you're we are really susceptible to all kinds of things going on, but mostly susceptible to Satan lying to us. Yeah. And, and we're vulnerable. He, what, is, what does the word say? He seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he's doing. And he's prowling all the time, looking for these areas where he can get to us. If he can get us overtired, overstressed, overworked, over all the, you know, it, to the point where we, we are just um, running on fumes, yeah. we are vulnerable. Yeah, I think that's a thing where so much in our culture, we're just we're just surviving and we're not thriving, especially as Christians. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Almost that two-fold diagnosis of what our current culture is. One of, we've just had a culture for decades now where Christ is not in it. Right. And and also, we've had a culture that has overwhelmed us with its busyness, with, yeah. its, with yeah. its information overload. Our minds aren't meant to have this much information on You're a daily exactly, basis. Exactly. Yep. And yep. so and it's just and it's and like that's the crazy thing about mental health. The world is waking up to that mm-hmm. that they have never before. But it's also like but they're but if but if with Christians, if we're able to reframe that through the original of what God intended for us to do. It's right. like I, 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 I hope that it's a twofold approach that yes, the worlds get behind that, but the Christians get behind it way more because if we could have emotionally healthy Christian people that are invading this world with the love of God, that's how things change. Right. And it's not going to change on uh, on end or with, with anything else besides that. Yeah. So what do you see, Susan, in your office the most right now? Um, mostly, uh, well, a lot of, of, we're doing a lot of marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of couples that are really, really struggling to figure out how do we, how do we do this? Because mm-hmm. we don't know how to do mm-hmm. marriage. We get married... We get married based on some really unrealistic mm-hmm. idea of what it's going to look like. And yes, yep. And um, a lot of times we think we know the person we're, we're getting married to, and it turns out we really don't. And as believers, we, we have to make that work. Yeah. So 
a lot of times we don't have the, the we don't have the first idea. We don't know how to communicate effectively. We don't we we are we become each other's enemies. Yeah. And that is again a scheme of the enemy because yeah. if he can get us to attack each other, mm-hmm. then we aren't we aren't able to have the marriages that God created us to have. And then our families are affected, our children are affected, and on and on. But um, they're, I'm really, really excited about some things I've, I'm seeing. And, and um, my husband is actually um, a life coach now, too, and we're working with some couples. We are sadly seeing quite a bit of infidelity in the Christian, mm-hmm. even in the church, you know. Um, and it's, it's because we are, we don't know how to protect our, we don't know how to affair proof our marriages. We don't know how to um, communicate our needs. We don't know what needs are okay and what are selfish. What we don't even honestly, a lot of times, what we're finding is um, we don't know it's okay to to say what our needs and wants are. Yeah. It's yeah. as yeah. it's this complicated thing because as mm-hmm. Christians. We think we're supposed to forget, forgive, mm-hmm. move on, or forgive, forget, move on. Mm-hmm. That is not uh, what God says. It's yeah. we do have to forgive, but we have to know what we're forgiving. And when we're doing life with a partner and you're just running through the days, there's a lot of resentments that can build up that we don't even say anything about until we've got a mountain in front of us yeah. and we don't know how to navigate it. So um, we're, we're working with some couples. There's some really wonderful curriculum that we're using out of, um, one set of, one type is out of, um, focus on the family that has just been really fun for couples. Mm. Even couples that are in crisis are enjoying it because mm. it, there are prompts that ask you to talk about things with your spouse that you have never talked about mm-hmm. or thought about talking about mm. and helping us to see the, the treasure that we have in our spouse. Mm-hmm. We don't, we're not, when you're blessed with a spouse, you have to know to look at them as the treasure, as, as God's son, as God's daughter okay. and how they're supposed to be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, but we often, we think that we can talk to them any way that we want. They're just going to love us and forgive us. It's just how it is. And they'll forgive me. Yeah. But those, those little comments along the way really yeah. do damage. But so, so some, some of that is, um, is what we're, we're working on that a lot because, um, I think God is wanting to do a whole different thing with families, getting them strong and fortified from, from the, the get go, like mm-hmm. equipping them early on. Yeah. And even, even with, I'm, we've seen some premarital counsel or premarital, premarital <laughs> couples, couples getting ready to get married and, we're, they we realize they don't know each other, uh-huh. and we gotta hurry up and get them um, acquainted with each other on the on the important yeah. points. Yeah, because we're acquainted with the other things. Yeah, but we're yeah. Not acquainted with well, what we need to be you know what we, for a lifetime. We usually choose a spouse based on attraction. Mm-hmm. Are we attracted, and then do we have compatibility? But we mm-hmm. don't we don't talk about how we handle money. Mm-hmm. What are what do you like when you get angry? What do you like when you're sick? What do you like when, you know, you're discouraged, yeah. you know, and, um, and what, what did you learn from your family yeah. that you just do on autopilot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So we're ask we're digging 
into that a little bit more. So even if a, a couple has made a decision, they are married and, and they are like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Not too late. It's not too late. No. That's not, that wasn't a mistake. Mm-hmm. God is going to use that yeah. to help them to be, a lot of times it's our marriages that make us get on our knees before the Lord <laughs> and they, and mm-hmm. make us crucify the flesh and in a good way, you know? Yeah. I always said that I thought I knew I was selfish before I got married, but then when you get married, you realize just how selfish you you are. I mean, and I think that's why God, again, marriage isn't for everybody, but marriage is probably the biggest catalyst for a decrease in your selfishness in this world. Yes. True. So, and then babies. And then, oh my gosh. And then I was, that's what I was saying. And then you get a family of five and you realize, wow, I, I am yes. more selfish even more than I thought. Susan, this is hard for me. I want to keep talking and we might just literally have to have you back because there's I so much still that. on the bone that I think we could talk about. Yeah. And there's just so much meat there that I, but I told my wife I'd be home at a certain time and I think that's important to honor that. Right? I love that you're doing that. Good for you. I completely (laughs) validate that. But here's the thing. But before we go, I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests on the Central Weekly. How has God been working in your life lately? So we are going to take a quick break for that. But we'll have you right back. I'm just literally going to hit pause and then hit back again. I can't wait. Don't go anywhere. All right. Susan Del Ripple. Dalrymple. Oh, I see. I thought ripple like a like a uh, ripple in a uh, in a in, in a um, a chip. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Well, R- there's an M in there. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're asking you to wrap up our conversation. Okay. That was too short. How has God been working in your life, Susan? Oh, Dalrymple. Okay. I'm happy to tell you that. So my my sweet husband just retired from uh-huh. his career at Walgreens um, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. And he had gotten his life coach uh, mm-hmm. certification prior to that. And um, the plan was that he was going to be doing what I'm doing. And God is, uh, we thought we were going to be doing it completely separate. But mm. it's looking like now we're working a lot with couples. The couples mm. are just coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. and we are loving it. Mm-hmm. But um, he, it's kind of, so I'm I'm 58. My husband <laughs> is uh, 65. Mm-hmm. And we kind of thought, well, when he when he retired, we might slow down. We have been so dang busy mm-hmm. that um, with all good stuff, we just mm-hmm. can't wait to get up in the morning because yeah. it's like, okay, Lord, what do you have next? Mm-hmm. It's all when when he he honestly probably should have been doing this a long, mm-hmm. long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing when you're functioning in in the way that God created you, yeah. um, it's a blast. It's just really fun. Yeah. I think really Les fun. said the other day his sweet spot. Yes. Functioning in your sweet spot. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. For sure. So, yeah. Susan, I'm just, I'm so glad to have this conversation, even if it was too short. Um, and it's neat to, here's our full circle conversation moment. It's neat to know a little tiny bit about your past and know how God is now using that for the betterment of so many other people and especially couples in our I church sure family and around so. Southern Illinois. So, so thanks for sitting in. Absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Keep it up. Okay. 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 Thanks, Susan. Bye. Bye. What a good conversation. I truly love her and, and yeah. Les. I And I, just the, the, the future is so bright. With I, I told her a couple times in that conversation, the light that she brings is so bright and it's shareable. Does that sound weird? That sounds kind of weird. But. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Um, one of the things that always impresses me about Susan, and I've, I've told her this as well, but like she just carries such a 
an encouraging, yeah. joyful yep. spirit. Yep. But day in and day out literally helps people through some of the toughest, heaviest junk. She's and hearing so, the worst of it. Um, I but mean, she's bringing in the minimum to that. There would be, there would be um, valid cause for her to get jaded and yeah. cold, yeah. but she's the opposite of those things, and I'm so glad about that. Super good. I'm glad she was on. I'm glad that you're listening, and that's it for episode number 91 of wow. the Central Weekly. John, see you later. See you, Jared. Bye, guys. <laughs>